Good evening. To open our meeting tonight, Chardel, will you please announce the first hymn? Number 221. I would like to read the last stanza. O science, God sent message to tired humanity. Thou art love's revelation of truth that makes us free. Thy kingdom, God, within us shows forth love's sweet control. God's idea, man, rejoices. He knows the reign of soul. Hymn number 221.
If you would like to follow along with the readings, please go to our website, and on the home page, you will see the link to the live broadcast. Click on that, and you will see where to click for the Wednesday evening text. The theme for tonight is Christian Science, the Universal Ultimate Science. The readings will now be given by Gary. I will read from the Bible, Exodus. I am the Lord that healeth thee. Isaiah. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Matthew And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And there followed him great multitudes of people from Galilee and from Decapolis and from Jerusalem and from Judea and from beyond Jordan. And behold, they brought to him a man sick of the palsy, lying on a bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer, thy sins be forgiven thee. And behold, certain of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemeth. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Wherefore think ye evil in your hearts? For whether it is easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and walk. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins, then saith he to the sick of the palsy, Arise, take up thy bed, and go unto thine house. And he arose and departed to his house. But when the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God, which had given such power unto men. John. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. Thomas saith unto him, 
Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works' sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another Comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of Truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. I will now read correlative passages from Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures and from Prose Works by Mary Baker Eddy. It was in Massachusetts in February 1866 that I discovered the science of divine metaphysical healing, which I afterwards named Christian Science. My immediate recovery from the effects of an injury caused by an accident, an injury that neither medicine nor surgery could reach, was the falling apple that led me to the discovery how to be well myself and how to make others so. St. Paul writes, For to be carnally minded is death but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. This knowledge came to me in an hour of great need, and I give it to you as deathbed testimony to the day star that dawned on the night of material sense. This knowledge is practical, 
for it wrought my immediate recovery from an injury caused by an accident and pronounced fatal by the physicians. On the third day thereafter, I called for my Bible and opened it at Matthew 9, verse 2. As I read, the healing truth dawned upon my sense, and the result was that I rose, dressed myself, and ever after was in better health than I had before enjoyed. That short experience included a glimpse of the great fact that I have since tried to make plain to others, namely, life in and of spirit, this life being the sole reality of existence. For three years after my discovery, I sought the solution of this problem of mind healing, searched the scriptures, and read little else, kept aloof from society, and devoted time and energies to discovering a positive rule. I knew the principle of all harmonious mind action to be God, and that cures were produced in primitive Christian healing by holy, uplifting faith. But I must know the science of this healing, and I won my way to absolute conclusions through divine revelation, reason, and demonstration. In the words of St. John, he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. This comforter I understand to be divine science. This science requires man to be honest, just, pure, to love his neighbor as himself, and to love God supremely. Thought imbued with purity, truth, and love, instructed in the science of metaphysical healing, is the most potent and desirable remedial agent on the earth. Science is neither a law of matter nor of man. It is the unerring manifesto of mind, the law of God, its divine principle. Christian science translates mind, God, to mortals. It is the infinite calculus defining the line, plane, space, and fourth dimension of spirit. It absolutely refutes the amalgamation, transmigration, absorption, or annihilation of individuality. It shows the impossibility of transmitting human ills or evil from one individual to another, that all true thoughts revolve in God's orbits. They come from God and return to Him, 
and untruths belong not to his creation. Therefore these are null and void. It hath no peer, no competitor, for it dwelleth in him besides whom there is none other. We must avoid the shoals of a sensual religion or philosophy that misguides reason and affection, and hold fast to the principle of Christian science as the word that is God, spirit, and truth. This word corrects the philosopher, confutes the astronomer, exposes the subtle sophist, and drives diviners mad. The Bible is the learned man's masterpiece, the ignorant man's dictionary, the wise man's directory. Christian science refutes everything that is not a postulate of the divine principle God. It is the soul of divine philosophy, and there is no other philosophy. It is not a search after wisdom. It is wisdom. It is God's right hand grasping the universe, all time, space, immortality, thought, extension, cause, and effect constituting and governing all identity, individuality, law, and power. It stands on this scriptural platform that he made all that was made and it is good, reflects the divine mind, is governed by it, and that nothing apart from this mind one God is self-created or evolves the universe. All men shall be satisfied when they awake in his likeness, and they never should be until then. Human pride is human weakness. Self-knowledge, humility, and love are divine strength. Christ's vestures are put on only when mortals are washed in the blood of the Lamb. We must walk in the way which Jesus marked out if we would reach the heaven-crowned summit of Christian science. We will now have a moment of silent prayer and then follow by repeating together the Lord's Prayer.
Will you please announce the next hymn? Hymn number 386. When Jesus, our great master, came to teach us in his Father's name, in every act, in every thought, he lived the precepts which he taught. Hymn number 386.
Good evening, and welcome to the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent. This is our weekly testimony meeting for Wednesday, May 11th, 2022. At all our meetings and services, we read from the King James Bible and from the writings of Mary Baker Eddy, the discoverer and founder of Christian Science. Our website, plainfieldcs.com, has a wealth of the very finest Christian science literature anywhere to read, study, and listen to, including other writings by Mrs. Eddy that you may not have known, uh, that you may not have known about, and also writings by students who lived in her home and were daily taught by her. So browse through the website. There is never a charge, and you don't have to sign up for anything. It's all free. We also have websites in quite a few different languages so that people all over the world can hear the truths of pure Christian science in their own language. And we'll be having a meeting of the members of this church a week from tomorrow, that's May 19th at 8 o'clock in the evening. And if you can't get here in person, it will be over the teleconference, so you can just dial the teleconference number and participate over the phone. We have a Saturday morning Bible study here every month, and the next one will be this Saturday, May 14th, at 10 o'clock in the morning. The questions are on the website under the This Week's Lesson tab, along with some study aids. So be sure to join us Saturday morning at 10 o'clock. Every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, we have what we call our roundtable discussion. This is where we discuss different aspects of the weekly lesson and learn how to better understand and to live Christian science in our daily lives. So be sure to join us every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. Then, right after the roundtable, our Sunday morning church service begins at 11. So be sure to join us at both of these, the roundtable at 10 a.m. and the church service at 11. Our Sunday school also meets every Sunday morning at 11. The Sunday school isn't limited to those who live in and around Plainfield. Many of the students call in on a dedicated teleconference number from out of state. So if you have a child who would like to attend the Sunday school, call the church to get the phone number, and they can attend by phone too. We are always happy to welcome more and more children. And we also have a well-equipped nursery for infants and toddlers at all our services. So when you come, be sure to bring the little ones along too. I will now read from the Church Manual by Mary Baker Eddy, the section entitled Testimonials. Glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's, St. Paul. Testimony in regard to the healing of the sick is highly important. 
More than a mere rehearsal of blessings, it scales the pinnacle of praise and illustrates the demonstration of Christ, who healeth all thy diseases. This testimony, however, shall not include a description of symptoms or suffering, although the generic term, the generic name of the disease may be indicated. For everyone who gives a testimony tonight, we would ask that you please keep your remarks to within four minutes. This will give everyone the opportunity to share their offering tonight. For those who are on the telephone, when you are ready to give a testimony, please press the star button on your telephone twice. Also, keep in mind when you do, we are going to be able to hear you, as well as any other sounds that your phone picks up. So we kindly request that you be in a quiet place, and I will call on each of you, one at a time, by name. Our meeting tonight is now open for the sharing of testimonies of healing through Christian science. Karen from California, go ahead, please. Good evening, and thank you for those readings, Gary, on uh, the science of Christian science. Um, last week, one of my wrists started to bother me. I could not put any weight on it. After getting into bed later that night, as I was reading, it really started to ache, and I could not seem to find a comfortable position for it. For a moment, I tried to figure out what I possibly could have done to my wrist to cause this. I quickly realized that that thinking was not going to help in any way and I needed to speak the truth to this suggestion that there was some presence besides God. At the time, I had been reading Florence Roberts' book, From His View, I Am Free Now. And on page 23, she talks about dealing with a problem of pain. She says, quote, I prayed knowing I am God's child and such pain could not possibly be a part of me. As I spent time thinking about my perfection, I suddenly realized I still had more faith in the reality of the pain than I did in God and the reality of my perfection. I burst out laughing when it finally dawned on me. I had been trying to be humanly spiritual. I was not thinking of myself as the reflection of God and therefore perfect. I was still seeing myself as a mortal while claiming spiritual truth as my own, unquote. So I asked myself, am I doing that same thing? Do I have more faith in the reality of the pain than I do in God? Well, I had to answer that immediately and get on the right side of that question and answer no. I do have more faith in God. And so this belief called pain is nowhere because God is everywhere. I am the reflection, the likeness of God, and therefore 
must be perfect here and now, no matter what the false senses seem to be saying. The pain lessened to the point of being able to go to sleep. The next morning, the wrist was better, but I was aware that I still couldn't put any weight on it. I mentioned this to my practitioner, and she said so emphatically that there is only one joint, and it's not material. It is spiritual. Therefore, it must be and is perfect now. After hanging up, I just let go of the situation, knowing that since I already am perfect, I can turn from it and let the truth being known do the work. Later that day, I realized that all pain and weakness of my wrist was completely gone, and I had, even, I had not even thought about it again. I was not even aware of trying not to put weight on it. I just moved around normally. The healing was so quick. I am so grateful for this demonstration of the omnipotence of God's omnipresence. I am so grateful to Christ Jesus, our way shower, and to Mary Baker Eddy for her fulfilling of the prophecy to bring the comforter to this age. Through her textbook, Science and Health, with key to the scriptures, she explains how Jesus did the works that he did and that all can do when we accept our oneness with our first and only real parent, our Father, Mother, God, who forever is embracing us in his love. Thank you. Ron from North Carolina. Go ahead, please. Thank you. I am grateful for Plainfield's weekly roundtable discussions and their relevant application to my daily walk. Lately, the words discomfort and comfort have been flashing neon, drawing attention to a much-needed learning opportunity for myself. Although my discomfort appears in a variety of ways, I'm currently addressing the in-between meal snacks that try out how necessary they are needed and how much better I'll feel when I've had them. And when I do succumb to this desire, a desire that has me convinced that I just can't go on unless I give in, the comfort realized is short-lived, and then regret sets in due to my revealed weakness. This cycle has occurred over and over again. When I can see it, I'm struck by how nonsensical the whole thing is and how I will put an end to this crazy scenario. But then, when the urge is upon me, I throw past promises to the wind and I'm caught in the not-so-merry-go-round. Now, I'm learning from the roundtable discussions that discomfort in and of itself is an opportunity to grow spiritually. When the urge to snack occurs, instead of seeking the creature comfort and pursuing my will, I can call on divine principle, seeking thy will. Instead of a temporary human comfort, I can meditate upon eternal truths. I can choose to be strengthened by contemplating God's allness, the source of all good, the true nourishment that is ever-present and spiritually expansive. 
This is a true comfort that endures and carries no sense of remorse. And if I broaden my attention to include discontent in general and my tendency to seek comfort, doesn't the same choice apply? What does this human comfort really do but put me to sleep? Why would I want to sleep when there are so many wondrous revelations available by choosing the spiritual road when discomfort comes knocking? In a sense, these mortal cycles are their own executioner. As I grow in my understanding that first, there is a choice, and second, the straight and narrow road of spiritual progress is the only choice that can break these very temporary and disquieting cycles. I experience a greater understanding, strength, and freedom that is enduring. That seems hardly a choice, and that reality is what I am slowly awakening to. It is all about growing stronger in my understanding of the science of being, as brought forth to the world by Mary Baker Eddy, and as authentically offered in numerous ways by the Plainfield Church Independent. For this, I am most grateful. Thank you. Thank you. Mara from Mississippi, go ahead, please. Hi, I'm so happy to be a part of this meeting tonight, and I'm very grateful for being led to Plainfield Christian Science Church. As I'm growing and learning in Christian science, I've experienced many amazing things. I'd like to share what happened about a week ago concerning a rescue dog that I inherited a few years ago from my mother. She's small and has a tendency to get nervous easily, but she has become a member of the many animals we have in our family. Initially, when I got her, I took her to the vet who noticed a lump on the side of her neck. He said it should be okay, but I should monitor to make sure it didn't get bigger. And at the time, I was not very spiritual. I just kind of forgot about it until a few weeks ago when I was grooming her and I noticed it grew to almost twice the size. I realized I should have been praying about it. So at that instant, I didn't become afraid. Instead, I knew her for what she really is, a perfect spiritual idea of God. I continued to think this anytime I saw her or interacted with her or thought about her. A few days ago, I went to go put on Sarah's leash and the lump was completely gone. I actually started to search for it, and there's nothing there, um, no evidence of a wound or blood or anything. It was just gone. And when I family to tell them the wonderful news, my husband's response was, it was never there to begin with. <laughs> um, and he's learning from me and from everyone at Plainfield. Um, thank you to Gary for the inspirational readings tonight. And thank you to my practitioner for all her help and support. And thank you to everyone at Plainfield. Thank you. Betty from California, go ahead, please. Good evening. I'd like to express my gratitude for the healing of a cold. Several weeks ago, I felt the symptoms of a cold coming on, and I declared against them that God never made a cold, and I didn't have to have it. 
and some other truths along the same lines. I still had some very mild symptoms. The next day I spoke to a Plainfield practitioner and she reminded me of what Jesus said to Pilate in John 19, verse 11. He said, quote, Thou couldst have no power at all against me except it were given thee from above, unquote. So error or a cold couldn't have no power against me. And I worked with this and felt better. But then I noticed my voice started to sound pretty gravelly. When I called the practitioner again, she gave me him 324, and I worked with the following lines. Take my voice and let it sing, always only, for my king. Take my lips and let them be filled with messages from thee. As I thought about and worked with this hymn, my voice kept improving, and by the next day I was pretty much normal, and I was able to call the practitioner to thank her and tell her the good news. And with that, the cold just completely disappeared. I am very grateful for this healing and for the practitioner's loving help and for this church. Thank you. Thank you. Jeremy. I'm very grateful to be a member of this church and grateful for tonight's readings. All my life before I came to this church, I felt like I was on the hunt for the right way to live. I knew early on that I was not an ambitious guy. I just wanted to live a good life and be useful. It seemed as a kid, if I could figure out what my talents were, and also try to figure out a religion that made sense to me, that I would be well on my way to a good adulthood. But all the religions I checked into left me feeling rather empty and comfortless. And after searching for many years, I ended up spending the last few years before coming here as an atheist of sorts. When I was brought to Plainfield in 2013, however, I found comfort in the teachings of Christian science instantly. And that feeling of comfort has not left me. I am so grateful for this, and grateful for all I have learned here that has made it so I am able to live with purpose and know my place in God's creation. I am so grateful to be here, and grateful to know the comfort of Christ's Christianity is open to all. Thank you. And now I have a testimony from Imogen in Australia. Good evening. One day, many years ago, I was on my way to work during the busy morning peak hour. We have a lot of trams or streetcars here in the city where I live. As I was crossing the road, I saw an elderly lady stumble and fall onto the tram tracks. I watched horrified as people bustled past her while she was lying on the road. I prayed as I ran to her that I'd be able to get to her in time, which I did, and I helped her to sit up. She had a cut on her head which was bleeding, but when she felt ready I helped her move to a nearby seat. She was very upset that she had lost a precious earring, so I ran back into the road and carefully retrieved her earring for her. 
I sat with my arm around her very slight shoulders for a few moments and I could feel her shaking gradually decrease. When I asked her if we should call an ambulance, she laughingly said that she was fine and would be grateful if I could help her up into another tram as she was having lunch with a friend. The bleeding on her head had stopped by this time and I deposited her into the tram. She waved me goodbye with a big smile and I continued to hurry to my workplace. I was thanking God quietly to myself that she was safe, but I started to get very anxious that I was late for work. I had so many tasks that I needed to do. My boss would be angry and I had lost time by doing this. When the thought came to me, this love is the most important job for you to do today. All throughout that busy day, my thought kept returning. This love is the most important job for you to do. Well, I ruminated on this for a few weeks. Could it be that more important than my paid job, more imperative than my ambition, more important than running around with bustling duties and tasks, could it really be that loving was really my most important job. This experience changed my way of thinking and I became ready to study in earnest Mrs Eddy's textbook, Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures. Since then, I have witnessed many healings and wonders wrought by living according to Christian science. Mary Baker Eddy gave so much to bring her discovery of Christian science to the world and the faithful, loving heart is aflame when reading the truths contained in science and health. We are taught here at Plainfield Independent to lay all on the altar to God to trust him implicitly and explicitly, to never cease thanking him and loving him, to always put God first in our lives. I am so grateful to our wonderful practitioners and teachers at Plainfield Independent who have taught me the importance of loving God and my fellow man, who have taught me that indeed the most important job for me to do is to love, to say, Hail, Son of God, to anyone that comes to my experience. Thank you so much and so much love to you. And now we have a testimony from Izzy in England. Good evening. I have a small flock of sheep. <laughs> I'm actually pretty much the cutest sheep in the world. And recently for the first time, first time for me and first time for some of them, they've all had lambs. And it's been a really, really amazing experience. And I'm wanting to somehow acknowledge the experience and to give thanks to God for the opportunities that it has given me to practice what I am learning in Christian science. 
And there was one one morning where things w- worked out a bit amazingly, really. On Easter Sunday, I found two sheep in labour together, and they're them- themselves a mother and daughter. And I didn't know whether they needed me to intervene or not. And I just sat there on the grass and um, watched them, and I started to pray. And some time ago, I opened Science and Health on page 463, and I read and studied the uh, the paragraph on obstetrics, which is really powerful. And at the time, I wondered why I had opened the book on that page. But as soon as I started reading this paragraph, I realized it was full of the most beautiful truths about life itself, really, um, and especially these two sentences. A spiritual idea has not a single element of error. And... By this, by the birth, we know that truth is here and has fulfilled its perfect work. Ah, wow. And it came to me as I was in the field with with the sheep that I needed to concentrate on how truth was actually fulfilling its perfect work. Well, actually, it already had done so. And I realized how glorious was this moment. And I kind of hung on that word glory and um, got on my phone and searched glory on the Plainfield website and found several hymns. Uh, And I read and studied these hymns while watching the sheep. Almost pretty much at the same time, two sets of feet appeared. And the birth sack appeared also from the older sheep, that the mother of the, the other ewe. And she lay down properly pushing and I helped um, deliver her lamb. All went well and, and both the lamb and the mother were soon bonding. Um, but the other sheep would was just not not settled and she just wouldn't settle. And whenever I went near her, she would get up. Even when she lay down to start straining, she, she would just get up as soon as I went close. And this was, this was her first lamb and she was obviously panicking. Uh, there was no sign of a birth sack from her, so I, I had assumed that she wasn't as far along in her labour as her mother had been. But just as I stood there wondering what to do, <laughs> absolutely amazingly, the farmer from next door appeared over the hill on his quad bike, just at the most perfect time. And he obviously saw what was happening and he took one look and he said, she's been going too long, she needs to lamb now. And he climbed off his bike jumped over the stone wall, helped me get her down and literally pulled out her big lamb. And he explained that her birth sack had burst and disappeared um, several hours ago, probably. So he said it, it was really lucky actually that the lamb was still alive. So I am absolutely in awe of the power that brought this man just the most perfect time and I am so grateful for the outcome. I had not, I had obviously hadn't realized that actually she was the emergency, but I don't think that I would have been able to deal with her on my own. She was very much in shock and she took a bit of time to come round. But actually, once I got both sheep inside the, the barn with their lambs and she had a drink and something to eat, she started to come round and, and she and her lamb started to bond. So to say that at least one of those two sheep had been laboring for several hours before I got there and there were no feet showing, I I realized that it was prayer that brought those lambs into position where they could be born. I'm just so grateful uh, for everything that's happened over the last few weeks. It's been uh, such an overwhelming experience. Um, I'm so grateful for Christian science, uh, which allows us to live with so much freedom from all the material weight and worry. So grateful for these beautiful little animals that are skipping around my field. (laughs) And I'm so grateful for the amazing Plainfield website. Just such an incredible resource that enabled me to search glory (laughs) on Easter Sunday morning and, you know, helped in such a a, a huge way, really. It's uh, just wonderful. Thank you all 
for everything that you do and wishing you all a very good night. Thank you. This is Carol. When one of my boys was little, I caught him in a lie. I told him that no matter what happens or what he does, just tell me the truth and we'll work it out, and that he should never lie about anything. Error wants to trip people up and tempt them to tell lies so that nobody would believe anything they said. I remember to him a verse from hymn number 382, Thou art truth's honest child of pure and sinless heart. Thou treadest undefiled in Christly paths apart, and told him that was the truth about him. We repeated that verse every night just before he went to bed for quite a while. After that, he was the most honest kid you'd ever want to meet, sometimes brutally honest, and we wished, wished he'd be quiet. He's all grown up now with a family of his own and has a wonderful job that he loves with a lot of responsibility. <clears throat> he has 20 other locations across several states that he oversees. Obviously, they realize he's trustworthy and responsible and honest. And I attribute that all to Christian science and to this church. This science is part of their makeup and they can never lose it. I'm so grateful to God for this religion and for Mrs. Eddy for giving it to us, and grateful for the help of practitioner that has helped me all through my life and my children as well, and very, very grateful to be here. And thank you for the readings tonight. They were wonderful. Thank you. Shardy. Hello. Last week, a testifier mentioned that they had a testimony where gratitude needed to be shared and was overdue. That got me to thinking, is there something that should be shared with gratitude? And yes was the answer. This sharing is overdue because I was self-conscious about the feeling of failure on my part by going to a hospital, which I now know is an incorrect feeling and thinking. Several years ago, I was hospitalized with symptoms of high blood pressure, and while there, a huge mistake was made with medication, and I became very ill. Although I was terribly uncomfortable, I managed to call a friend and asked them to call my practitioner. And just a little while late and just a little while later, I was completely comfortable. No one at the hospital said a word about my quick recovery. And I was very happy to go home after three days of staff members monitoring me very closely. I am very grateful to my practitioner for this tremendously loving and immediate healing. I would like to share something from the article Day by McDell Young in his collective writings, which have helped me. Quote, health means wholeness. One does not need to appear 
as anything else but whole. The original meaning of health is just that, just to be complete, nothing wanting, nothing lacking. And health we must have. It is divinely natural. Everyone may have it by claiming it. It can be had in Christian science because Christian science reveals the law and science of life in Christ. It needs to be and can be demonstrated. Thank you and glory to God. Thank you. Craig. For those very fine readings, and uh, and this church, Mary Bickeretti, uh, you finally get get a hold of something so great as God, and uh, science uh, <clears throat> is so beautiful because it's repeatable. It's for everybody. It's universal. It's fair. It's it's equitable. All right, and that's what Mrs. Eddie discovered. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I uh, also want to give gratitude for uh, the hymns that we sing together. Every time I come to this church, <clears throat> Mary Bigger's hymnal, singing it with us, and I hope that the people out of town, out of town, do it also. When they sing it, oh, we sing it, hope they sing it with us. And all the, all the words are printed on the website as the hymn goes on. From just clicking the link. And when I sing it, it makes me feel like, not that I'm just not alone, but I'm with everybody and we're all of one mind. And uh, we belong together and we're stronger together. And when I leave, I always feel just happy. And that, uh, yeah, something good happened that couldn't have happened anywhere else. So Mary Bigerty certainly, <laughs> certainly, eternally just keeps us marching together and doing the, the good for the cause and for everybody to wake up to this cause. And this healing is available to everybody and the strength and the guidance and the and the, and the progress and success that each and every one has a right to. So I thank God for what when we sing together, it just moves us on stronger, I believe, and just a wonderful thing. Thank God for this church. Thank you. Florence from Georgia, go ahead, please. Thank you. Thank you, Gary, for your selection that made the world know that this is the ultimate science, the science that will save all mankind. I am so grateful that Christian science came to our home, and I'm grateful that my father did listen, and somehow I got to know it too, because it has helped me it has taught me to see myself correctly, to see others and to see our world the way we are supposed to see them. It helps me 
to love God more, to love Christ Jesus and Mary Baker Eddy. It is so humbling to think of all that she had to give up in order to be the saving messenger to all who would be willing to understand her message. How to obey the first commandment, how to abide in the secret place of the Most High. I have a few questions for myself. To what extent am I willing to sacrifice even my most cherished human beliefs and opinions in order to follow this science? To save what is true about God and his child. Do I love God enough not to deny him when things get difficult? Do I love Christ Jesus enough? Do I love Mary Baker Eddy enough? All these questions are for myself to answer. I pray to be true to this science no matter what. And she herself said on page 10 of our textbook, Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures, she says, prayer means that we desire to walk and will walk in the light so far as we receive it, even though with bleeding and that waiting patiently on the Lord, we will have our real desire to be rewarded by him. Praying always, continuing to pray that I never deny God and I continue to love Mrs. Eddie for what she has done for all mankind. So grateful to be here. Beautiful music and beautiful testimony. Of course, very beautiful reading. Happy to be here tonight. Thank you. Mary. Good evening, everyone. First, I'll read a short note from Vermont. Dear friends at Plainfield, happy spring. We love you and appreciate all, all that you do out of love for all mankind. God bless you. And then California. A few days ago, I had many symptoms of the current world viral belief. Working with Christian Science with a friend, the signs immediately began to leave, and next day, all good. Thank you for all the go-to articles and truths on the website and the never-ending work of the most dedicated. I'll read um, an excerpt from Australia. Thank you, dearest Plainfield Independent, for addressing in Saturday's roundtable the fear that has retarded the growth of Christian science ranks in this era. Christian science is the absolute truth about our almighty Father-Mother God and our tender and strong relationship with Him. Mrs. Eddy's writings and teachings are utterly sublime, pure, perfect, and provable. The textbook that Mrs. Eddy has written is the clear and demonstrable roadmap to repeating the Christian healing depicted in the Bible. Through practicing pure Christian science, we daily live and prove the Christ healing as taught by Christ Jesus. How priceless and precious is this fact. I do attest to this. 
I have witnessed many healings and wonders over the two decades that I have studied Mrs. Eddy's textbook. Such healings and wonders came only through the power of God, as the human circumstances were so very dire in most instances. Pure Christian science is taught and practiced at Plainfield Independent, and this truth is far superior to any human organization. I loved last week, last week at the round table <clears throat> when Jeremy said, um, this is referring to when you give a testimony, that everyone is rooting for you at Plainfield. Thank you, Jeremy. This is so true. I have found such support, love, belonging, and a long search for home at Plainfield Independent. How I love you all. We are all rooting for God here. To anyone that are questioning, I would say, come, learn the truth at the feet of Jesus. For Mary Baker Eddy's Pure Christian Science is taught here at the Plainfield Independent Christian Science Church. And then this is South Dakota. It is a blessing to be growing in science with the support of the structure put in place by the Plainfield Christian Scientist. Thank you. I like the thought that came to me this morning that listening to the watching point before the lesson was like listening to a focused thought from Mary Baker Eddy prior to listening to and reading the weekly Bible lesson giving increased emphasis to the lesson and to the loving consecration of our leader. Such helps me on my pathway onward and upwards. It gives me a deeper appreciation for science and for our leader, Mary Baker Eddy, and focuses my thought, thus giving deeper attention to Christian science lesson for daily study and personal growth. Thank you, Plainfield, for your loving presentation of the Christ for the structure you have put in place, for the support you present, thus keeping us on our upward way with a deeper appreciation for Mary Baker Eddy and for the science she presented. And then a testimony from California. The other day my brother called me to help with a project. He was not physically able to return to his normal activities. I responded with joy at being able to help him. He needed to remove a heating duct from the closet floor in a second-story apartment. It was no longer needed, and the extra space in the closet was desired. In preparing for what tools I might need for this project, I started taking things from the tool chest, screwdrivers, wrenches, a hammer, some saws. I closed the drawers, and then a thought came to open one drawer draw again and take a metal cutter. I recognized this thought as the still small voice from God and obeyed immediately, placing it in my pail. Once I got to the apartment and was assessing what I needed to what needed to be done, I realized that my metal cutters were the only things I brought from home that would be useful. I gave gratitude to God for having them with me. Lying on the floor and reaching my arm down the small hole, I felt the top of a, of a band holding the duck in place at my fingertips. It was a stretch, and when I mentioned that I would use the metal cutters to cut the band, my brother said, Good luck with your cutters. If they fall, they will be gone forever. What to do? 
I realized that I had some rope in my car, and after getting that and tying a nut knot in a useful useful space on my cutters, I was able to secure them and do the job successfully. I was very grateful to once again witness God's presence at hand and seeing the perfect and joyful results that come from listening to that still, small voice of God, instead of relying on a human sense of things. Since coming to Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent, studying, praying, and working with a Plainfield practitioner, I have started creating new habits, one of which is starting each day with putting God in charge and then acknowledging His presence by working to listen to His voice and obeying. I am so very grateful for this church. I'm so grateful, too, to be here tonight. Uh, Those were wonderful readings. I just felt uh, we are so greatly privileged and blessed to have what is called the ultimate science. It is the laws and principles of the universe, as was read tonight. It is how Christ Jesus healed. Some people say it is a a very best-kept secret. (laughs) We don't want it to be a secret. We want the whole world to know how invaluable it is. And each week we come here and we hear wonderful testimonies of how people are using this science in small ways and in big ways and how it is healing and changing their lives. I'm so grateful to Mrs. Eddy for giving us Christian science. Yes, Christian and a science, the ultimate science. I'm so grateful to be here tonight for those readings, the beautiful music, and such wonderful, instructive testimonies. Thank you all, and have a good night. Thank you. Linda, will you please announce the last hymn? Hymn number 297. Science, the angel with the flaming sword, God's gift, the glory of the risen Lord, light of the world and whose light we shall see father and perfect son blessed unity hymn number 297